What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Louisiana, the small community of Port Allen is shaken after a shooting at a high school football game leaves one dead and one injured and a suspect yet to be in custody. In California, an equestrian is behind bars after attempting to hire a hitman to kill her husband for a large life insurance policy. And in Texas, a gunman who killed a student at TCU makes a startling claim. Regarding the killing. These stories and more coming at you today, Wednesday, September 6th on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Hey, guys. Hello. Are we doing? Great. Good, man. Have we recovered from our LSU fucking hangovers? I'm still recovering from the hangover (laughs) and the game, I guess. Yeah, I don't ever recover from an LSU loss, I don't think. I hope that that team freaking recovers. God, yeah. Well, I learned something over the last couple of days. Actually, I need I need to go on the Guinness site and see because this might be a record. Right. Do you think anyone else would have uh, ever had sex with three dogs on top of them while it was going on? Is that? Do you think anyone else has established that record? Yeah. <laughs> If they have, uh, I'm pretty sure at a point they haven't recorded. At a point, the puppy was biting my freaking ear. Oh my god! Well, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, Yeah, something's got to change. I did have uh, back in the early '90s. I was doing a private PI business. I put cameras in this guy's house, and his wife was home. Her boss snuck in the back door. I didn't know what was. It didn't. This cameras didn't have sound and stuff, but they had these two big dogs. Anyway, we're watching it afterwards, and they're on the couch doing it, and the dogs are coming up and sniffing her ass and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's so fucking nasty. It's crazy. I, I, I was with a girl once. I was about to say dated, but no, I was with a girl once that in the middle of fooling around, she whistled, and her bird came flying into this oh big-ass fucking God. bird, comes flying into, the, uh, into her bedroom, and it lands on her hand. And she says to me, you know, I can do something with my bird that, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody can, you've ever seen. I'm like, well, what can you do with your bird? And she starts taking her pinky and she starts going like this. 
to the bird. Uh-huh. Just, you know, just with, with her pinky in the bird. The bird starts going. Puffing up like a turkey. Puffing up his yeah, feathers yeah. everywhere. And she's, the bird yeah, it was let one out. go on her hand uh, in front of me. And that was the foreplay for that session. Was the, That's um, disturbing. What was the bird's name again? Um, <laughs> Killer. No, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea the bird. It was Chelsea. Oh Lord, you uh, I can't believe I remember Chelsea's name. Anyway, sorry. All right. I don't know why I got into that. Uh, oh, I was going to tell you what my wife's solution uh, to all uh, this was. Uh, it was, which probably also never happened. She said, maybe I can get a roofie prescription. <laughs> they don't even make those anymore. Okay, and I'm like, wait a minute. You want to get? a date rape drug so that you can take it uh. and you can be asleep <laughs> and still get your sleep and Mike gets to have sex. Yeah. What do you think of that? <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't think that. I don't think that. I don't even know if that's legal, yeah. but I, 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 no, that doesn't, you have to participate. Right. And this is a, oh this is, you know, a participatory sport. So, um, oh, yeah, so we're, Lord. we're still looking Straight for solutions. Warm mouth of agar. There we go. Yeah, all it right. takes all the fun out of it when it's just one person. Yeah, I, I imagine. Maybe you could get like some strings tied to her hand. I, I've actually found it can be it can be fun with just strings one tied to her hand, tied to your foot, so you can make it. Oh, that's pop true. I could. That's true. I could get things to give her pop. some body motion. I haven't I, thought about that. We're way out, way out left field. Maybe there's some AI that can. Let's help get with to that. some crime time for Wednesday. All right, and we love all y'all. Look, we're going to start off with a tough one. Uh, yes. We've already brought you one of these uh, either last episode or the episode before, but these shootings at these high school football games are becoming more and more prevalent, uh, and it really touched right here close to home. A 16-year-old has died, and a 28-year-old was injured after a shooting at Port Allen High School on Friday night. The shooting took place outside the stadium at Port Allen versus Burley which was called off shortly after the violence erupted. And for those that may not be familiar, Port Allen is right outside of the capital city of Baton Rouge. Yeah, and Burley's right here there. Here in Louisiana. Burley's touching it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of rivals, I guess you could say, on that west side of Baton Rouge. And the West Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office identified the victims as 16-year-old Jacoby Queen, a Burley student, and 28-year-old Bracia Davis of Port Allen. Officials ended the game at halftime as police and medics flooded the area, directing people away from that scene. Uh, Queen had been shot in the head and passed away at a local hospital. Davis suffered a gunshot wound to the arm. The violence happened at what is called the West Side Showdown, a non-conference game that was the season opener for each team. The aftermath of the incident could be seen on a live stream of the game from Cox Sports. The broadcast showed crowds leaving while emergency lights flashed in the background. The West Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office has issued an arrest warrant for a teen in connection to that double shooting. He is known as Jeriton Jackson II, 18. He is wanted for second-degree murder and attempted second-degree murder, and he is still on the loose as of this recording. So, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be able to capture this young man, but a young man shooting another young man and, and uh, you know, a relatively young adult right there at a football game on Friday night. And I know all of us here have had 
kids that play football and things like that, yeah, and you go to these did. games, and it's yeah. it's just a beautiful thing. And and the, what in the hell the is going on? Is, that happened at halftime, or that when did the it, shooting happen? It was at halftime. It was. You know, um, those communities literally are almost touching. And you know the story that we did on the cop pursuit chase where the the cop ran the uh, intersection to kill those teens. Mm-hmm. That's where the same community. So the the, the that community is is. Suffering so bad. Yes. Prayers for all of them, you know, that's crazy and senseless and violence. To, was that one individual targeted or it was a – They hadn't said yet. They hadn't said – and I'm sure they probably know a little bit more, obviously, than what they're saying. One thing we've learned covering right. all this is uh, they, they keep as much information close to their vest as possible. But I would say – they probably knew each other. This is probably, uh, you know, I don't want to speculate, but it was probably something that stemmed from an, a prior incident somewhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Hearts go out to them, prayers for that community. All right, take you to another one, y'all. Um, and this one I'm going to put up on TikTok and do a little short story on it, but it's really bizarre. But we've getting more and more of these, like the one that you did from the islands. With the that, that I've done 17 <laughs> stories on, Woody? Yes, I'm sorry. I keep bashing. <laughs> All right, so take you to Cali. Um, a California equestrian is behind bars after she had, not, not allegedly, after she tried multiple times to hire hitmen to kill her estranged husband. According to San Diego County Sheriff's Department, Tati Anya Remley is charged with, is Tati, uh, oh, sorry. Boom, Jim. Tati Anya. Tatiana Remley is charged with solicitation of murder and two weapons charges. Remley, 42, allegedly met with an undercover officer last month and offered to hire him to kill her husband, Mark Remley. Remley is currently being held without bail, and she has pled not guilty to all charges. The Sheriff's Department said it launched an investigation into her suspicious activity after a house fire at the ranch belonging to her and her husband in Del Mar, California, an affluent area along the Pacific north of San Diego. Her husband claimed, too, that Remley intentionally set fire to the home after he allegedly found out she was trying to kill him in, in early July. In divorce papers she filed in July, Remley says she and a friend were present at the time of the fire, but she was unaware of how it started. Remley's husband claims she offered a mutual friend of theirs $2 million to kill him, but that the friend declined and then informed her husband. Uh, Mark then told police who launched the sting operation. In their statement, the sheriff's office confirmed they called an arson unit to the scene of the fire and that Remley was first arrested that day for alleged firearms-related offenses after our officers found three firearms and ammunition on her. The next day, the sheriff's department opened an investigation in her alleged murder-for-hire plot. After receiving information, Remley was attempting to hire someone to kill her estranged husband. A month later, the meeting with the undercover officer took place, according to the Sheriff's Department, and she provided detailed information on how she wanted her husband killed and his body disposed. Sheriff's Department said, uh, said that in a statement, y'all. It said, Remley brought three additional firearms and U.S. currency as a down payment for the murder. The meetup and ensuing arrest took place at a local Starbucks. Local news outlet Coast News has long reported on Rimley's high-profile business failures. In 2012, the Rimley's ran a short-lived equestrian 
acrobatic show that the couple discontinued after four shows and more than $100,000 of investments. Remlich's claim the show was canceled because of poor ticket sales. The couple's decision left dozens of performers unpaid and stranded alone with their horses. And some of the crew up in their lives to travel across the country to join the production, which had originally been planned for a five-city tour. The Rimley's married in 2011, and according to the Coast News, they have had a tumultuous relationship in recent years involving numerous separations and reconciliations, and she's going to be back in court on October 16th. But, y'all, you know, you hear these stories and you think about things, and I have been so graciously provided with my partners with these <laughs> pictures of this lady and I, you know, I don't generally do the lookism, but she's smoking hot. And the one of the pictures, I mean, I'm gonna do it on TikTok. She's in front of an all black Ferrari. Yeah, and, uh, well, and that you know, that's right by the racetrack, Delmar Racetrack. So it's is it? it's. You think uh, that's, that was her car? Probably. I don't. I don't know if it was her yeah. car or not. They obviously had some money at one point, right. and uh, but here, two million dollars. Two million dollars. I mean, she should have gone. Get? She should have gone to rent a hitman because yeah. if she did, that might have been the one yeah. Guido said, well, wait a minute, maybe I don't report her <laughs> yeah. and I'll go take the two million, take right? The two million. Yeah, two million's a lot. That's way yeah. Yeah. Uh, weird. She, she really wanted him dead bad, right? Well, and she really uh, uh, misunderstood what his relationship with that person she went to was if two million wouldn't shake yeah. the guy from. So you, she's a bad right. judge of. Uh, You're right. She's a bad judge situation. Of hitman. And yeah. she's trying to, <laughs> to try to burn their place down too, yeah. So I, I, I again I'm gonna do this one, y'all, because this one needs visual aids. Yeah. So go follow us on TikTok real life real quick. Visual aids. Well You would never think a woman this beautiful would well, do that. It so. just goes to show you. What does a killer look like, right? Yeah. I always say that. That's right. Well, rarely, well, I guess for you, Woody, this probably happens often but for me for a story on the show to actually intercept with uh my life and my family's life is uh has never happened but it it happened over the weekend this uh the story out in fort worth um involving a tcu student so my son is a freshman at tcu right now and on saturday morning my wife and I were awakened early uh, by my son. It's his third week at school. And he, uh, he told us that a group of them, his pledge brothers, uh, and he were out at a bar on 7th. I, I really haven't learned Fort Worth yet, but on 7th Street or 7th Avenue, and I guess that's, that's kind of a, uh, a place where there's a bunch of bars and uh, – you know, everybody's got the fake IDs, so they all, of course, can get in the, get in the bars. And, and while they were there, and actually while one of his roommates was outside, uh, a guy was killed. A student was killed, a member of a separate fraternity than his. The guy that was killed was a, was a Kappa Sig, and, and uh, uh, my son's an SAE pledge. And they, uh, but one of his pledge brothers was outside when all of this happened. So, of course, my... Son was freaked out. My wife was freaked out. And uh, uh, we dealt with this drama all the way through the weekend. And we were most worried about his roommate because his roommate's parents were on a trip and weren't able to uh, uh, to get to him or be with him. And he was, he was pretty shaken up because it happened right in front of him. So here's the, here's the account from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram of this. 
A college student was randomly gunned down outside a bar in Texas by a shooter who allegedly told police he would have killed others if he hadn't run out of bullets. Wes Smith, a junior at TCU, was standing on the sidewalk near the bar, which is called Your Mom's House, in Fort Worth's West 7th District, shortly after 1 a.m. on Friday night. When Matthew Purdy approached him, cops said in an arrest warrant affidavit, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Purdy, 21, briefly chatted with Smith, who's also 21, before shooting the former football player um, on the spot. Purdy then fled. Smith was taken to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead at 145. And, I mean, there's the Smith kid. That's crazy. Uh, Smith wasn't the only one Purdy allegedly assaulted. Two other people told cops after the shooting that the gunman had charged at them and hit one of them in the back of the head. Cops later found Purdy in a nearby parking lot and put him in the back of a patrol car after patting him down. They didn't do a very good job patting him down because one of the officers, however, eventually noticed Purdy in the back of the vehicle holding the handle of a pistol, according to the affidavit. The accused shooter, believed to have hidden the gun in his crotch, had taken apart the pistol and chucked pieces of the weapon out of the vehicle when the officer opened the door to check on him, according to the affidavit. Cops also found what appeared to be fresh blood on a backpack he had been carrying. Purdy, who did not know Smith, admitted to police he shot the victim three times in the stomach, in the shoulder, and then once he was on the ground in the back of the head. And he did it, he said, quote, because he wanted to make sure he was dead. The shooter told police he didn't have a clear reason for killing Smith, but the students are saying that that night— the group of people that were around were all saying this was part of a gang initiation mm. for uh, uh, for this kid, Purdy, although I haven't seen that in any kind of uh, official capacity anywhere. So um, he said that he would have also shot a bystander if he hadn't run out of ammunition. Uh, Smith is originally from the, the kid who passed away is originally from. Uh, Germantown, just outside of Memphis, was a finance ma- uh, major and a member of Kappa Sig and uh, a really uh, a good kid who had played on the, the football team his freshman year and decided to devote uh, full time to his studies starting uh, uh, last year. So Purdy was charged with murder. He had been on probation in an aggravated robbery case already. Uh, he was transferred to Tarrant County Jail and uh, his bond was set at half a million dollars. That's crazy. Those poor parents. I mean, getting imagine getting that phone call that morning. Right. And, you know, I go back and forth uh, with this. These drinking laws at 21, what has changed with college campuses. I, I don't know the geography at LSU very well to know how far Tigerland is from campus and whether that's just <laughs> a – that's a walk, right, for those yeah, kids. That's yeah, a walk. That's, well, yeah, this place no. isn't a walk. You've got to – You've got to get in an yeah, Uber, Uber or driver. drive there. Yeah. My son was had Ubered over there that night. But it's it's about as close as anywhere the kids actually want to go where they can drink because, of course, they can't drink at the fraternity house, yeah. which it, well, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, you know, house, yeah. we're, uh, we got pot legal everywhere in the U.S., and yeah. these kids can't have a beer in the fraternity house. Like, and, I always and say And they're straying places where— You, you, you may know. not know this, but Louisiana was the last state— to change the drinking age uh, from 18 to 21. And they only did that after years after everybody else, because the federal government finally said, we're going to cut off all your interstate and federal funding if you don't change it. But at the, 
Previous to that, they had made that threat, but Louisiana was making more money off of alcohol sales tax between 18 and 21, and, and, but they finally changed it. You know? Yeah, I mean, when, when if you're old Woody enough, and I were, were that, that age, that was, it, was it was 18. But my motto was, uh, if you're old enough to die for your country, you're old, old enough to drink, drink. beer. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Well, and, and look, it was such a, for all of us, it was such a part of – Yes, our so, college yeah, lives yeah, part of and, my high school life. And, and we know, well and we know that it is for these kids yeah, too yeah, but yeah. but Same yet thing. we're forcing them to leave campus right. to do it and at least in this case uh I don't know look I, I I know there's the stats on the other end are you know if yeah. you keep it at 21 you got less people on the road drinking and you're saving lives and I'm sure the data supports that but it uh I don't know no, no right answer, and uh, you know, I wish there was an answer to gangs, and if that comes out to be true, and that's going to be another senseless killing for no reason. I mean, it's a senseless killing regardless, right? Look, alcohol and guns don't mix. Yeah, ain't no doubt about it. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astapro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, and something that you and I, I mean, we didn't, 
You know, you threw hands, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We got, I, I got always, more bar fights than I can I count on fingers shot, and toes. Shotguns and rifles in my vehicles, but uh, yeah. you know, so we can go hunting. Yeah, next you shouldn't never, never did it occur uh-huh. to shoot somebody. Nope. Uh, so just sign of the times, I guess. Uh, we're going to take you to Oregon, and the Oregon State Police have apprehended a man who escaped from a mental hospital and stole a minivan while still fully shackled. Yep, you heard that right. Wednesday, August 30th, Christopher Prey was transferred to the Oregon State Hospital, a psychiatric institution in Salem, after initially being placed in custody at at the county jail on serious charges that included attempted murder. That same day, at approximately 10.45 p.m., Prey drove off in a white Dodge Caravan minivan and eluded law enforcement yeah, in a Dodge minivan. Yeah, now, was, that in and of itself, somebody was, was that an he, SRT? Wait, when, when he <laughs> did that, he took whoever was the driver of that minivan, he took their job with him. Oh, yeah, I guarantee you. Now, get this, y'all. He was still fully restrained with leg shackles, a belly chain, and another type of restraint that connected the three together. He was last seen wearing a white t shirt, maroon sweatpants, and black slides. Law enforcement officials pursued the car, but they stopped due to safety concerns. Apparently, he was flying in that minivan. Uh, On Friday, September 1st, Oregon State Police announced uh, Portland Fire and Rescue and Portland Police were called to a pond in the area after receiving a report of a potentially deceased person. Fire department officials started communicating with the person in the pond and told police they did not require backup. Now, get this. This is the meat of it right here, y'all. The person in the pond was stuck in the mud approximately 75 feet from firm ground and was buried up to their armpits. Officials, in, in mud. Up in to mud. Wow. Basically, he, he, this cat tried to hide in the pond and sunk. Yeah. And all the way up to his armpits. Uh, officials used a rope and ladder to remove the man from the pond, which took about an hour. He was transported to the hospital and used a fake name, but a hospital employee noticed that the man resembled prey. The employee called Portland police who arrived at the hospital and confirmed his identity. He was arrested and placed back in police custody. Prey was on his way back to the state hospital in the minivan from the emergency room due to an altercation with a fellow patient. And one person was injured during his escape. Now he, to tell you how dangerous this guy was, he was arrested in April for first degree robbery and attempted murder for shooting a woman. 11 days later, he actually robbed an auto parts store in Portland and fired a gun. He also reportedly faced charges for assaulting a woman. So Crazy. dangerous cat yeah. goes on the run in a minivan, yeah. jumps in a pond, gets stuck up to his head, and then almost gets out of it using a fake name except for an astute nurse they, uh, turned him in. Where he Very got the key. So what they're talking about, the other devices, he's got shackles from one, the waist belt. Yeah, with, with the ring on it, uh, and the handcuffs are really are two, and then they put that black box over with the, the keyhole facing in, so you can't fuck with the keyhole. So I don't know how he got out, unless he, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he had to get out at some point because yeah, right, they would have known at the hospital. Wait a minute, no, he's stuck in the pine. And yeah, he, they would have known when they pulled him out if he had handcuffs and shackles. He couldn't have gave a fake name. That's right. Yeah, crazy story. Nuts. Well, I'm gonna take you to another crazy story in Caddo Parish, which is right around Shreveport, north um, west Louisiana. And 
A Louisiana woman was arrested after authorities say she stabbed her grandfather during an altercation over the suspect's personal hygiene. Mm. Yeah. On Tuesday, the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Office said in a press release that an argument escalated between Carrington Harris, 22, and her grandparents inside a Keyfield, Louisiana home after they asked her to shower. She was a little stinky. And soon after, she allegedly began damaging property inside the house and turned off the power. The couple tried to restrain Harris, who then escaped, grabbed a knife from the kitchen, and stabbed her grandfather in the face. Oh, my so, God. Right? The woman's grandfather was taken to the hospital for treatment, but sheriff's office has not shared an update on his condition. Harris, ele- Harris fled the scene after the incident and headed into the woods. She was found a few hours later hiding by a nearby home. She was arrested on charges of domestic abuse battery and domestic abuse battery dangerous weapon. And her ass has got no bond. Uh, you know, that's over it. his that's hygiene, it. her hygiene, her hygiene. And it, she was stinky. And it, you got to really be stinky if your grandparents ask. I didn't get to name my grandparents, but I see how my grandparents are with their 20 some grandkids. Your grandpa and your grandma asked you to shower. You just got a stinky ass. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, yeah. because, you know, they're only good for maybe right. two a week on yeah. the, the showers for grandma and grandpa. So <laughs> if they think you're stinky. I mean, it's been hot now, and I get that, but that, that's that's crazy. Let's go to Wyoming. I don't know if we've like ever Wyoming. done that. Pretty country. Well, Pretty part of have country. one or two out of Wyoming. Maybe one or two. I love Wyoming. Well, never you know, been there. When we think about. The homeless situation in the U.S., we usually think about the warm weather cities, the right. the coasts. We know uh, Austin, uh, New yeah. York's got some, a lot of the Texas cities. But Wyoming isn't a place uh, that conjures not. up thinking about homeless. Shit, I'd, I'd be homeless in Wisconsin for about nine months a year because it's so nice, right? The other three, unbearable. Know, nine, maybe seven. I don't know, yeah. sleeping outdoors. But uh, approximately 200 homeless people have taken over Casper, Wyoming, and caused millions of dollars worth of damage to a motel and left 500 pounds of feces in the downtown area. Hey, they were getting some good meals, yeah. Casper, the second largest city in the state. Largest city? Largest city? Oh, I'll tell you, uh, um, Cheyenne. Wow, Woody's primed for our game later. I've been through there. He's primed for our game later. I've been through there. Good one, Woody. Uh, Second largest city in the state. 60,000 residents, not a big population right. in Wyoming. Um, and now it's, I guess, 60,200. Some have seized various properties that are empty or abandoned, including an abandoned Econo Lodge motel that hasn't operated since last November. The motel, which had about 300 rooms, was already closed due to flooding. And that's uh, the hotel that was taken over by the squatters. And uh, have now rendered they've now rendered it both uninhabitable and hazardous. The flooding was initially caused last winter after water lines froze and then burst, flooding one floor and submerging the electrical switch panel at the Econo Lodge. After the property was foreclosed by the bank, the building was secured and boarded up. But the homeless group broke inside and have now left hundreds of pounds of human feces, which the city has to deal with as part of the cleanup. 
They've destroyed this business, Mayor Nell said to the Oil City News. It broke my heart to see, noting how he uh, he saw drug paraphernalia and wanton destruction of the furnishings. You cannot wrap your head around what has happened to that hotel, he said. City officials admit that they've run out of ideas on how to effectively deal with the growing number of vagrants and note that fines and arrests do not seem to be working when it comes to sorting out the problem. We know very well we cannot litigate our way or arrest our way out of the problem, but our police need some teeth to start dealing with the squatting. This is Mayor Nell again talking. They, they're just causing so many problems. In desperate times, people do desperate things, and unfortunately, we're the ones left having to deal with it. The city's mayor suggested that while the homelessness is a complex issue to deal with, many of those who find themselves in such a position are also struggling with substance abuse and or mental illness and make a point of refusing to conform to the city's uh, rules and laws. There's a certain part of the homeless population, whether substance abuse or mental illness, that is getting them to where they don't want to conform to society's rules or any of the city's rules. When they do that, they're not allowed to go to the shelter, which means they're just out and about in the community. So if they won't conform to those rules, the city won't put them up in a shelter, then they're let loose and they do things like find an old boarded up Econo Lodge and take it over and do all that kind of damage. But it's a large group of people for a city yeah. that size with that kind of climate. It's just, yeah. uh, you know, the, um, I don't know if it's still like this, but back in, I don't think it's like the mid nineties, the, you know, they don't have any speed limits on their state. Really? But, but let's like, but, between Casper and Cheyenne or whatever, first two things. One, if you get a sign that says this is the last fuel or last exit for 100 miles, you better stop and get some gas. They mean it because you got there in this place where you can't even pick up a radio station. But oh, no speed limit on the interstate. No shit. No, it's not everywhere, not in the cities, but like these long stretches uh, yeah. of highway. You just just because there's just probably out. the trucks. There. I think the trucks were limited like seventy five or eighty back then. But wow, yeah, that's crazy. That is. But yeah, they also had these fences all across these fields. I couldn't figure out what in the fuck are these fences for? Uh, uh, wooden fences, like running for as far as you could see them, but like in, in not not that far apart. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what it was. You know what it was? What? Snowdrift fences. So the grass on the other side of the fences, the the cattle and shit could still eat. Uh, uh, cause the snow really? got so high, high. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, That's some, some of the shit you don't, we don't know about here in Louisiana. Well, it's interesting. Still a hundred degrees outside. All right. Uh, look, this story here is, is bizarre as well. And it comes from North Carolina. So we're going to bring out a, we're going to bring you out to North Carolina for a little while. And an interpreter in the health department, uh, impersonated a doctor to sexually assault at least seven women during bogus home exams. Uh This was a crazy story. The criminal case against Daniel Casazola started in July after a woman told police she received an illegitimate medical exam in her home. Since then, at least six more women have come forward with similar allegations against Casazola that spanned four months between February and July, and police believe there could be even more victims. Uh, He was suspended after the first accusations came to light. He allegedly targeted Hispanic women who didn't speak English. 
we just did a story right. where, uh, you know, the the situation was flipped. It was a guy who was right. forced to have sex with a couple, yeah, 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 yeah. but he, he was an the Hispanic who was worried up. about getting deported yeah. and didn't want to report it. Uh, the survivor's age ranged between 19 and 32. Uh, he allegedly made contacts with these victims, set up what they believe were legitimate home medical exams, sexually assaulted them, and then left. Police emphasize that none of the incidents were rape, but involved other form of inappropriate sexual contact. Huh. His victims were all part of a special state-run health program for them and their young children. Uh they believed they were being helped, but instead they were violated in their own homes. This from the police. We still strongly believe there are other victims out there or survivors. Other survivors who have come forward uh, would be considered extremely brave. And this is so how this police yeah. officer trying to push it's these people. It's a culture thing, too. They don't, want, they don't want to come forward, admit. That's right. And, and the, if, or they if, may not even... If they're they're worried about being deported, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and he actually addressed that and said victims should not fear coming forward. Uh, Cazazola was arrested and is being held on a $150,000 bond. So probably a situation where this guy got away with it once, then he did it again. And, you know, next thing you know, he's done it seven times. And they think there's more out there that just have not reported it. And I would would venture to say there are. Did did he... He didn't work for that. No, I think he that said he did. It was right. like pro- so he somehow some, got a hold of a list. Some kind of stake. Right, he somehow got a hold uh, of a well, list. Well, he was. He was an interpreter for the, oh, the, so he, he did. He was the doctor's him. office because yeah. it mm. said he was suspended after the first oh, okay. accusations came to light. Yeah. So he was apparently this doc- doctor's office must have had a, a influx of Hispanic patients they didn't speak English, and he was just an interpreter for them. But he was going over there, and, I mean, it sounds to me like maybe he was, you know, doing uh, exams. Exam. Yeah, and, and – Let me check you for titties for some bumps. Which, to me, that. that's sexual assault. I don't, I don't care but if in you the state actually, of Louisiana, if, like, if he put on the glove and penetrated him digitally, it, it, the, the rape is penetration no matter how slight by what. Doesn't right. Say, <clears throat> it doesn't say it have to be a penis or a tongue or whatever. That's right. All right, crazy. Um, let's take you to a, a heartbreaking story. A mother convicted in the stabbing death of her 11-year-old son was sentenced this week to 20 years in New Mexico State Prison. On Thursday, Mary Johnson pleaded guilty to secondary murder in the 2022 death of Bruce Johnson. Johnson was initially charged first-degree murder, was also ordered to pay restitution for her son's funeral. At 1 a.m. on July 10, 2022, deputies with the Lee County Sheriff's Office responded to the family's home in Hobbs, New Mexico, after Mary's husband, Bruce Johnson Sr., called 911 to report that his wife and son had been stabbed. Bruce Sr. reportedly told police he woke up to the sound of his son screaming before finding him lying on a bed with multiple stab wounds. He went to call the police when he discovered Mary had also been stabbed but was unconscious in another room. The 11-year-old boy, who was still conscious, was rushed to the hospital. There, he reportedly told authorities that his mother, Mary, was the person who stabbed him. He died a short time later. Meanwhile, Mary was being treated at a hospital where investigators claimed she had suffered self-inflicted stab wounds. She survived and later admitted to killing her son and trying to kill herself. Mary 
told hospital staff, if I can't have him, no one can. And according to the Lee County Sheriff's Office, Bruce Sr. said he, he and his son moved from Oklahoma to New Mexico to get away from Mary, who was abusing the boy. Bruce said Bruce Sr. reportedly intended to file for divorce, citing the alleged abuse and claiming that Mary had also been violent with him. The authorities said Bruce Sr. later allowed Mary to stay with them in Hobbs, New Mexico, after she begged to see her son. While there were no reports of abuse or neglect in New Mexico, investigators said at least two incidents were reported while the family was living in Oklahoma. Such a tragic event when anyone, especially a young person, dies, ultimately at the hands of a parent, District Attorney uh, Diana Lucy said, per the Hobbs and you son, these types of cases are never easy. We can only hope to provide some sense of closure and justice to this family. Um, thank you very much, but 20 years wouldn't do it for me. But, I mean, I guess. Well, but he had the sense <clears throat> to get away from her. Thank God he then, lived long enough to say mama did it. But then, uh, yeah, uh, but then took her back. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, I guess he's trying to be a good dad and <laughs> let us. Son or mama, I don't know, bro. Awful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, boys. We need a we need to take a little a little fork in the road here. Been, right. been pretty heavy stuff yep. so far. Uh-huh. And I thought NFL season opening this week. We had the start of college. We won't talk about the results of some of those games uh, like TC over the weekend. Stomp. But I have put <laughs> together a game for us. It is an SEC and LSU football trivia game. All right. Got a bunch of questions. What are the rules? Let's do it like last time, which is you guys are hitting the table when you think you know the answer to a question. Every one of these questions, until we get to the true or false, uh, have multiple choice. And so if you hit before I finish the question, you don't get to hear who the multiple choices are. You don't get to hear the end of the question. If you do come in early and you get it right, great, you get the point. If you come in early and you get it wrong, the other one, the other guy gets to hear the entire question and who the multiple choice answers are. Is that clear? Yep. Got it. Okay. Question one. Who is the all-time SEC leader in passing yards? Is it? A, Peyton Manning, B, Drew Locke, C, Danny Werfel, D, Aaron Murray. Jim. Danny Werfel. That is an incorrect answer. Then I'm going to go with Peyton Manning. 
That is an incorrect answer. I was going to say waterfall. Anyway. Aaron, look, one of the things to remember whenever it says uh, all time is did the guy play all four years? Because it's a big advantage oh, for the true. folks that play four Lock years. And, and Aaron Murray was there forever. Yeah. I mean, well, Werfel would have been there for, And Peyton was there Murray the whole time. Play for Georgia? Surprise. Murray played for Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Surprising. Okay. Who is the SEC leader in single season passing yards? Passing yards in a single season. Is it A, Bryce Young? B, Johnny Manziel, C, Joe Burrow, Jim. C, Joe Burrow. It is Joe Burrow. So Jim is on the board with one. And choice D was Stetson Bennett. Joe Burrow had 5,671 yards in 2019. Unbelievable. Okay. The SEC leader in single season rushing yards, most yards rushing in a single season. Is it A, Derrick Henry, B, Herschel Walker, C, Bo Jackson, D, Darren McFadden. Jim. Herschel Walker. That is an incorrect answer. Bo Jackson. That is an incorrect answer. (laughs) The correct answer was Derrick Henry, who had 2,219 yards in 2015 for Alabama. Alabama. What a a list of running backs, though, out of the SEC. Um, Okay. Who is the all-time? SEC leader in rushing yards. Is it A, Bo Jackson, B, Herschel Walker, C, Nick Chubb, D, Darren McFadden? Jim. Herschel Walker. That's the Herschel Walker question. Jim now has two Woody at zip. But I got one right. Oh, no. No. Maybe I didn't. (laughs) I have 76 questions. I know, sure. Plenty of time time to catch up. Question five. The SEC leader in single season receptions, most catches in a single year. Is it A, Jordan Matthews, B, Calvin Ridley, C, Justin Jefferson, or D, Amari Cooper? Woody. Amari Cooper. That is a correct That's answer. Was, uh, Amari Cooper yeah. had 124 catches in 2014. Woody's on the board with one. Right. Who is the all-time SEC leader in receptions and catches? Is it A, Devontae Smith, B, Jordan Matthews, C, Amari Cooper, or D, Calvin Ridley? Calvin Woody. Ridley. That is an incorrect answer. <laughs> Jordan Matthews. Jim gets my boy from Vandy. Jordan Matthews Uh, is the all-time leader in receptions at 262 receptions during his career at Vanderbilt. Wasn't quite the pro we thought he would be, though. Did Vandy win Saturday? Yeah, they played like. But they're 3-0 now. Yo Mama State. Aren't they? Yeah, but they haven't played played anybody. Um, Question seven. The SEC leader in single-season receiving yards. So this is yards receiving in a single season. Is it A, Devontae Smith, B, Justin Jefferson, C, Jamar Chase, or D, Alshon Jeffrey? Jamar Chase. That is an incorrect answer. Care to take a stab, Woody? Yeah, I'll go with uh, the other LSU player. 
Justin Jefferson, that That's would wrong. also be an incorrect answer. The correct the, answer is Devontae Smith, Smith yeah. at 1,850 yards in 2020. Okay. Last receiving question. Who is the all-time SEC leader in receiving yards? All-time leader in receiving yards. Is it Amari Cooper, Jordan Matthews, Devontae Smith, or Craig Yeast? Go Devontae Smith. Woody's got one. Devontae Smith, 3,965 yards, so it's three to two. Okay. We're going to the running games now a little bit. Well, we're moving around here. So next question, the the single-season SEC leader in touchdowns. This doesn't count quarterbacks throwing. It's scoring the touchdown. SEC leader in single-season touchdowns. Is it Trey Mason? Najee Harris, Leonard Fournette, or Derrick Henry? Leonard Fournette. That's an incorrect answer. <laughs> Derrick Henry. That's an incorrect answer. <laughs> it was Najee Harris at Bama had 30 touchdowns in 2020. Mm. Okay. The all-time SEC leader in sacks, most sacks in their career, is it Jadevian Clowney, Miles Garrett, Will Anderson Jr. or Montez Sweat? Clowney. Clowney is an incorrect answer. Jim, got a guess? Will Anderson Jr. Will Anderson is a correct answer. Right. Jim like is up 42. Team. Will Anderson had 34 and a half sacks. God, that's a ton. Okay, you guys got pens? Yep. Okay, I'm going to write I this do. down. First, I'm going to give you this uh, four records of schools, all-time records. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to give you four school names. You got to match the school to the record. A is a team that went 702 and 318. This is in their history. 702 wins, 318 losses. Team B is 351 wins, 579 losses. Team C has 448 wins and 513 losses. Team D has 660 wins and 334 losses. Your choices are LSU, University of Kentucky, Georgia, and Vanderbilt. Who belongs to what record? So LSU. LSU, UK, Georgia, and Vandy. Okay, I got it. Let's see. Let's see. I think they all know Vandy has to have the shittiest record we Probably everyone in real life, real crime, daily land knows Vandy would have the shittiest record. All right. Okay. Who wants to go first? I will. Okay. So, so LSU, 702318. Vandy, 351579. Uh, UK, 448 and 513. And Georgia, 660 and 330. I have the same thing he has except for LSU Georgia swapped. You have four correct. You have two correct. The Georgia has a better all-time record than yeah, LSU. That, that that's that's that surprised me. Jerry Stovall and all you do have years. some not so great years in there. So Woody <clears throat> gets yeah, that's four, and Jim gets two, which ties us up because we forget six. about all our shitty years. With Jerry yeah, Stovall six six. Okay, Bernardo. Question fifteen. A this well. is a tricky one. 
these are two schools or which of these combinations of two schools were in the SEC for more than 30 years but left the conference in the 1960s. So you're looking for the multiple choice that has two teams that were in the SEC but left in the 1960s. A, is it Swanee and Georgia Tech? B, is it Tulane and Louisville? C, is it Florida State and Louisville? D, is it Tulane and Georgia Tech? Tulane. I'm sorry. Jim got first. Tulane and Georgia Tech. That would be correct. So Jim goes up seven to six. Tulane and Georgia Tech. And I was surprised. at Georgia Tech had a pretty good record while they were in the SEC. Much better than they had since then. Since 2000, Alabama has won six national championships and LSU has won three. Which of these schools has not won a championship since 2000 or not won a championship in the 2000s? A, Oklahoma, B, Florida State, C, Auburn, D. Go Florida State. That's an incorrect answer. <laughs> I would have thought that, too. Yeah. But I'm, I'm definitely not saying that now. Uh, finish out yeah. the options. Crab Legs won a, won a national championship. Uh, and uh, D, Tennessee. Oklahoma, Florida State, Auburn, Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee has not won a championship that. in the 2000s. So Jim my, is up eight to six. Listen. So James, James Winston won one from Florida State. Uh, yeah. Auburn, you have Cam Newton in 2010. And Oklahoma, you have to go all the way back to 2000, but they won in 2000. Question 17. LSU's worst season since 1975 occurred in 1992 when they went two and nine. Who was the coach of that team? But Jim. Uh, Jerry Denardo. That is a, that is an Damn it. It was answer. one right before. I had season tickets when Jerry Denardo was there. Their choice, I know who it is, but I'm going to listen to the choice. choices are A, Mike Archer, B, Jerry Denardo, C, Curly Hallman, or D, Bill Arnsparger. Oh, that's going to give me that. Uh, I know. Give me the, the choice game minus Denardo. Archer, Curly Hallman, or Bill Arnsparger. It's either Hallman or Archer. I, you got to pick one. I'm going with the third one. Hallman is a correct answer. Yeah. Curly Crazy Hallman. Curly. Two and nine Brett in 1992. Former go, college coach. How do you go two and nine at LSU? You Look, and, and a lot. Southern Miss guy that got that job because Brett Favre was his quarterback. Yeah. And he won all these games, and he ended up beating Auburn or something. And yeah. I, I guess he didn't have Brett Favre in 1992. No, okay, not. next question. The all-time LSU passing leader, passing yards. Okay, which quarterback's thrown for the most yards all-time for LSU? Is it A, Joe Burrow, B, Jamarcus Russell, C, Tommy Hodson, D, Jeff? Tommy Hodson. I knew you were going to say that. Wow, Woody. Yes, Tommy it Hodson is. Still Tommy Hodson is still Baton Rouge local, and I need to get this helmet signed. off yeah, in the game. Remember that? Eight, he was there for the It's eight game. to eight. We have a tight match here. Okay. The LSU single-season leader in passing yards. Joe Burrow. Woody quick to the trigger. It 5, is Joe Burrow. 5,671. Okay. Well, that includes play, uh, uh, bowl games. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. What a What a season. Wow. It was, it was 29, 15 and 0, right? Um, next question. Who had the most passing yards in a single game in LSU history? 
Was it A, Joe Burrow? B, Rohan Davey? C, Matt Mock? Or D, Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus Russell. An incorrect answer. Rohan Davey. Rohan Davey, who Rohan. I never, Rohan. I got ever, his helmet signed, too. He I good, never heard dude. of Rohan. Oh, he's good yeah, play yeah, for the Patriots yeah, in the yeah, NFL. Not for long, but he did. No, yeah. but he was, he, that, he one, was that one shocked me. Okay. He was a huge dude, too. Yeah, he was huge. Okay. Most career passing touchdowns at LSU. Who threw the most touchdowns in their career at LSU. A, Tommy Hodson. B, Jamarcus Russell. C, Matt Mock. D. Joe Burrow. Jamarcus Russell. That is an incorrect answer. Tommy Hodson. Believe it or not, it's Joe Burrow. No kidding. Two years. Two years. And really one and a half years, right? Wow. Um, That is amazing. 76. Okay. Is that the only one that nobody got? Uh, Okay. So you are at... 10 8, is that correct? So, Woody has 10. So Jim has more, if I don't 8. Get it, then, then I'll lose. We've got uh, four more and then a bonus question. Okay? <laughs> All right. So we're on question 22. Most career rushing yards by an LSU player? Kevin Falk. Woody opens it up to a Got his helmet signed too, baby. All eyes on three. All eyes on three. Falk him up, baby. Falk him up. Uh, (laughs) Other choices were Dalton (laughs) Hilliard, Leonard Fournette, and Darius Geis. Opelousas guy, wasn't he? Okay. Most rushing yards in a single season for LSU. Fournette. Sorry. Woody is Mr. LSU. God. Side it up. Okay. Well, let's see if you get this one. Most rushing yards in a single game. A. I already know this. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm going to wait for it. Dalton Hilliard. Tyrion Davis Price. Or Kevin Falk. Jim. Kevin Falk. That is an answer. Dalton Hilliard. No, it is this guy, Tyrion Davis Price, 287 yards. I never know who he is. You guys are going to have to Google him. Last question. Woody has one, though. Who has the career receiving yards record at LSU? Is it A, Justin Jefferson, B, Josh Reed, C, Josh, Josh Reed. Josh Reed, 3,001 yards. Yes, he was. We he have played, found, he for Donardo, too. We yeah, have found Nadar, Woody's yeah, trivia category. Independence it Bowl. Is, it is LSU trivia. I got his helmet trivia. too. So. Okay, just for fun, let me see if you guys can, how right. you guys doing this. Match the mascot to the school. So I'm going to give you four mascots. That's easy. And then uh, four schools. Red Raiders. Texas Tech. No, I'm going to get them all right, so it doesn't even matter. Aztecs? Uh, 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 New Mexico State. I would agree with that. Cardinal? Louisville. Louisville. No, Louisville's Cardinals. Cardinal. Mm, I I didn't know there was a difference. That's Stanford. Stanford is the Cardinal. Really? Really? Stanford Cardinal. (laughs) This one no one knows. Come on. Blue Hens. No idea. It's got to be something like Kentucky State or some <laughs> shit. Delaware, the Delaware yeah. Blue Hens. But yeah, a lot of people. Stanford confuses the heck out of everybody because the Stanford Cardinal, and then they have that stupid tree. 
Yeah, you ever yeah, seen the tree? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have like, seen it. That I makes no see it right sense. My head. Yeah. The tree is not a cardinal. Maybe the cardinal's hiding. In the Where tree. the hell did the tree come from? Maybe the cardinals. Nobody, on. nobody knows. Yeah. And they don't claim the tree as their official mascot. Uh, one last stupid one on true or false: Is a nittany lion a real animal? Uh, I'll say true. I would say true. False. There is no such thing as a Nittany Lion. Nittany Mountain is the mountain that overlooks uh, State College, uh, where uh, where Penn State is, and so they team. They took the name of the mountain and named themselves the Nittany Lions. Interesting. Go Woody, the man on LSU trivia. Wow, that was yeah. uh, what was the final score? It was, I think, thirteen to eight. I mean, he was uh, LSU. No, that LSU. Bad. Yeah, no, he was rolling. Yeah, thirteen to eight. Damn. LSU. You fucking whooped my LSU ass. LSU yeah, I had season tickets for years and years. Now, <laughs> so did I. Now I sit in my, my bar with all the signed helmets and, and our real life real crime headquarters. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, that's Rohan a, Dave, you got Yeah, big old Rohan. And who's the, who's the oh, Tyrion? Was, Tyrion, Price, something. What, somebody in Price. I got to look him up. single game record? Are we going to have to look at that? It must have been like Clyde a homecoming game. They put it in a backup or something, and we don't know about it. Because <laughs> I know every running back, great one from LSU. Yeah. There were a lot. Tommy Hodgson, Tommy Hodgson, I know you're in Baton Rouge. I need your helmet sign for my collection. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Oh, mile high crime time. And we're going to take a good one today, folks. Security escorted two Air Canada passengers off the plane. After they refused to sit in a seat, someone had vomited in. This according to a woman who said she was seated in a row behind them. Passenger Susan Benson said she watched two women and a man struggle to get seated on a flight from Las Vegas to Montreal. Benson wrote in her post that she noticed a bit of a foul smell but hadn't realized where it was coming from. She said she soon learned someone had thrown up on a previous flight. Air Canada attempted a quick cleanup before boarding, but clearly wasn't able to do a thorough cleaning. They placed coffee grinds in the seat pouch and uh, spray perfume to mask the smell. Mm. The passengers in front of Benson told the Air Canada flight attendant that their seat had residue on it, but an employee said the flight was full and they had no other option. The flight attendant was very apologetic, but explained that the flight was full. There's nothing they could do. The passengers said they couldn't possibly be expected to sit and vomit for five hours. Benson said the flight attendant returned with the supervisor, who essentially told the passenger the same thing. The employees did give uh, the passengers blankets to sit on and more wipes to clean the seats. (laughs) I thought you did another story about about they got some blood or some shit, and they gave yeah. him something to clean. I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm not paying for uh, touching that shit. By the way, half the flights. I know you're not done. But half the so. flights from Vegas to to Toronto or Montreal have people puking on them. Yeah, I mean, sure. You're leaving <laughs> Vegas, going to Montreal. Well, Benson said that after the passengers had settled in, the pilot came down the aisle and calmly knelt down and told the two ladies they had two choices. They could leave the plane on their own accord and organize flights on their own dime, or they'd be escorted off by security and placed on a no-fly list because they had been rude to the flight attendant. The passengers seated next to the women got involved and told the pilot they weren't being rude. The pilot reportedly returned to the front of the plane, 
and security guards escorted the woman off. Benson's, Benson stated that she complained to Air Canada and posted about the inst- incident on the social media pages she has. I have no idea if they were actually placed on a no-fly list, but I cannot stop thinking about these two ladies. They really did nothing wrong. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I hope they Pilot came down and said, I'm going to pull... Uh, I'm going to pull rank on you. Justin Trudeau Airlines. Yeah. So that is your mile high crime. And and I can't blame him. I wouldn't want to sit and puke. No way. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Yeah. It is mile high. No. Kinky. Crime. Kinky crimes time for Wednesday, y'all. This was a little bit different. A lot, most of ours are really funny. Um, this one, kind of funny, but not really. A Florida couple landed themselves in jail this week when things got a little too hot and heavy atop a soccer mom-style coupe, which was unfortunately still for sale in a West Palm Beach dealership lot. The incident was reported by a now scarred witness who said he could both see and hear the magic unfolding on the top of 2004 Kia Sedona inside a car light. The couple did not react kindly to the accidental audience member and began yelling at him when he was spotted. So he was like watching and they they didn't like that. By the time police arrived, the amorous couple who have since been identified as Aaron Bird, 18 and Raymond Mitchell, 29 have retreated to the inside of the van despite the fact that it did not belong to either of them. Police said that the 300-pound Mitchell spit in the face of Officer Sarah Burgoon, one of the arrested females, as the couple was taken into custody. Burgoon was forced to report to the nearby St. Mary's Medical Center and get checked out from biohazard exposure. Um, Both members of the couple were charged with leading lascivious behavior for the romp as well as with trespassing and auto burger due to the fact that it took the place inside an auto lot. Mitchell, uh, who told police he works at a local improv comedy club, was additionally charged with felony assault on law law enforcement due to the spit um, he hurled in the face of Officer Burger and y'all the. He remains in custody. She's out. The the owner of the lot said they did not have permission to be in there, and we don't know if they're going to get a markdown on the newly christened vehicle. But they're spitting in the in the cop face. That happened to me before uh, a couple times, and I don't like it because you know you don't never know what you're going to get. Yeah, like if you they test you for AIDS after five fucking years later. Well, one I mean, dude, we knew we were going out on for Tangipo Parish, and I told this on one of the stories. We knew he was a spitter. It's, they put it that in your arrest record, and we knew he was a spitter. When we went out there, uh, he was a runner too. So we snuck in from the woods, from the backside, from the interstate, and we're laying down. He was working on the vehicle underneath the shade tree, and as soon as they, it was a long drive, he, he saw him coming in. He just dropped his shit and jetted right into our arms right and we had to fight him we got him down and he went to spit and we didn't have one of those net bags for the head so we duct taped his whole fucking head there you go that's the way to do it well I wonder if uh, that too by the way I wonder if that crime is going to become a trend with Kia's so easy to break break into you know people going to Kia lots to get romantic well and and the amazing thing the guy was 300 pounds in Kia having sex that's what blew my mind about the whole thing 
Mm. Actually, a good ad about the roominess for Kia. They should use that. Plenty of room inside. If you're 300 pounds, you can have sex comfortably. (laughs) That's it. Kinky cries. Ranger time. Going to the Cornhusker State for this one. Nebraska. Nebraska. Rarely are we Big there. Big deer. Somebody might be deer hunting up there. The Lancaster, Nebraska Sheriff's Office recently released body cam footage showing a deputy pulling over a suspected drunk driver. The video released Thursday includes audio of the unidentified drunk driver calling 911 and telling operators somebody's driving on the wrong side of Highway 77. He had his brights on, man. He almost ran me off the road, the driver has heard telling operators. That was gnarly. He almost killed me. That was like a lot, the driver said. The sheriff's office video shows a deputy driving on the highway, hoping to catch up with the wrong way driver when he spots someone driving the wrong way but in the opposite direction the 911 caller had given him. The cop is able to catch up and pull over that driver. And he asks the driver, do you know why I stopped you? Yeah, because I was on the wrong side of the road. I must have missed an exit. The sheriff's deputy then asked the man whether he was the one who called 911. And he says, yep, because I thought someone was on the wrong side of the fucking road, bro. But it turned out it was you. Yeah, like a dumb fuck. The suspect admitted. The sheriff's office said that no one had been injured during the incident. The 911 caller's blood alcohol content was more than twice the legal limit. He was arrested, according to authorities. Additional deputies will be on patrol during the Labor Day weekend, the sheriff's Facebook post added. So stay on the right side of the road. And if you're driving on the wrong side, probably shouldn't call 911 blaming it on other people. Dumb Dumb criminal. Dumb corn husker. All right. That's going to be a wrap for today. That's a wrap. A wrap? Rescue.org. Our Our rescue.org. See something, say something, stop human trafficking. We love all you lifers. Please continue to like and share us with everybody and continue to help us grow like y'all been doing. You rock. Mike, anything? Hi, doggies. Hi, puppies. I'll see you later. (laughs) I'll be home soon. You get bit on the ear later. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lucky. I'm lucky I'll get bit on the ear later. That's right. We'll work on those roofies from this year, Ann, but they you can't even get those on the dark net anymore. Yeah. No, it's damn shame what the world's come to. Yeah, just get right she could take an Ambien or yeah. something. Ain't no telling yeah. what might happen. Well, she might feel it if she's on Ambien, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you use Ambien defense. Yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Aglets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.